This is Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and this is the Retirement Ready Show. Our goal is to educate you on the many topics of retirement and inform you how to create a successful Retirement Ready Roadmap. Thank you for joining me today for another episode where we will make your Retirement Ready Roadmap simple. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates. You can always visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Lots of great tools and resources. There's some really great ways you can connect with this completely complimentary. Maybe you have a quick question. You can set up a 15-minute phone call, or you might want a second set of eyes on your retirement plan. Maybe you're someone who's created your plan yourself, or you might be saying, I haven't even started. In any of those cases, we can help. We can set up a complimentary appointment virtually or in person at any of our offices. You'll be able to see the calendar and schedule those directly right at retirementreadyshow.com. For our great friends in Wisconsin, we also have our last two retirement workshops coming up December 5th and 6th. We're going to be out in Okachi, 631 hour, talking about the current state of the economy, inflation, government shutdowns, rising taxes. But more importantly, we're going to show you some ways to protect yourself. We know taxes are on the rise. They're going up in January 2026. And there's some great techniques you can do to help prepare for that and set yourself up to be in a better position from a tax perspective. But each December 31st eclipse by, we've lost an opportunity to do that. So still some time this year to get that done, but you want to get moving. We're going to talk about that, show you how to accomplish that. We do need folks to register ahead of time. You can see those dates and times and register right at retirementreadyshow.com. I got the tall, the handsome, the powerful, powerful. Brad Allen. Powerful is a new oh, one. Hold on. I need my Let me try that again. Where is it here? Uh, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. Uh, Brad Allen. There it is. I'm bad with the soundboard. Eh? That's all right. I like it. You think by how, now how I know where the buttons are. I'm doing good. Good. Doing good. Good. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks. You and I on the show. What do you think? Yeah. Have you had your fill of Tony or? No, 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 no. I'm ready. Let's do it. This is fun. Yeah. How's everything going with you? You guys like prepping uh, for Turkey Day? Yeah, yeah. We're actually heading up to uh, Door County this year for for Thanksgiving. Every other year we go uh, up to Egg Harbor and and have Thanksgiving. So yeah, we're excited. We go up in the summer in August. We have a little kind of family reunion, if you will, uh, and a a bunch of the families go up there and we have a great time. Nice. Excited, Brad. we got a great show kind of lined up this week. And, you know, if if you think about the tax landscape that you've been navigating kind of when you're working and all those decades you're working hard, and it might have seemed challenging, um, but that was really the calm before the storm, right? Think about the multiple pots of money that you might have stashed away for retirement, your IRAs, 401ks, stock portfolio, and your brokerage account. Of course, Social Security benefits, Brad, you talk about that a lot. These aren't just income sources, but they're individual jigsaw puzzles in this like big puzzle of taxation and retirement. And here's the tough part. Every combination of drawing from these sources can put you into very different tax situations. Some of these combinations can be not too bad, right? Minimal taxation, while others, let's just say Uncle Sam might send you a thank you note, right? And we always say, Brad, there's mandatory and then there's optional taxes. And a lot of people are paying optional taxes they don't need to. So we want to take a deep dive in today's show. So stay tuned because every dollar you pay in taxes is one less dollar you have to enjoy your retirement dreams. 
and let's be real here, to truly live your dream retirement, every dollar does count. Biggest question we get, do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? Ensuring you are tax efficient, not just this year, not just next year, but throughout the decades in retirement is so important. And if you need help, we're here. This is one of the stops on the Retirement Ready Roadmap. It's forward-thinking tax planning. I know a lot of people talk. Some advisors don't touch it. Some say they do it, but doing it effectively is really important, can make a big difference. If you're not proactive about your taxes in retirement, more of your income could disappear into the taxation vortex. And as a result, your savings might dry up before you're ready for that to happen. And that's not the right retirement dream that anyone thinks about. The way we might be able to help is through our personal consultation, building your retirement ready roadmap. But as we jump in, Brad, I think there's really three reasons taxes might be higher in the future. So let's dive into something that's a little difficult to talk about, but really important to be aware of. Three reasons, in my opinion, taxes might soar in the future. And the first one is a common misconception. Yeah. So one of the common misconceptions that's been floating around and and probably a lot of people have heard it or or maybe even believed it. But once you retire, your tax obligations are going to shrink down. And it sounds logical, right? I mean, uh, after all, you're not working anymore. You don't have that income coming in. But here's where reality takes a sharp turn. A lot of advisors or brokers or, or experts will pull a number out of their hat saying you'd need 75% or 85% of your pre-retirement income, but having held the hands of countless individuals that are transitioning from from working to retirement, which is always a a difficult thing, right? You have to start drawing from accounts. Everybody's told you not to touch your whole life. You have to figure out when you're going to take Social Security, all these different things. Picture this. You spent decades dreaming of your golden years, maybe cruising around the world, traveling or, or picking up a hobby that you always wanted to do. Uh, That means in those initial years of retirement, you might be digging deeper into your pockets. So you you might be spending more in retirement than than what you think. You have more time on your hands to spend that money. Now, a lot of people will find that they they are in a a lower tax bracket in the early stage of retirement, right? They they go from, I'm retired, I'm you know, in the lowest tax bracket of my life, I have to take a little bit out here and there, and, and, and they are in a lower tax bracket. But but it's when you get to your 70s that could uh, that could take a turn for the worse, right? At 73, you have to start taking required minimum distributions. That's going to increase your income. That could also increase your Social Security taxes, maybe even health care premiums, all these things. And a lot of people, a lot of people find themselves in one of the highest tax brackets of their life in their 70s because of all that income that's coming in. So, you, you have to be careful. You're, you might be right in that early stage of retirement. You might be in a lower tax bracket, but you have to take a dip into the future a little bit and kind of kind of look and see where you're going to be at later on down the road. Reason number two is, you know, taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture, our national debt, you know, it's a whopping thirty three, thirty four trillion dollars and growing, you know, in, in Milwaukee here, when you go down downtown, when you're driving on the highway, there's this billboard that shows the running total of the U.S. debt. And that clock never stops, right? It keeps going and going and going. It doesn't matter if you're driving past it at 2 in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning. You know, it's it's going to keep ticking. So we have to address that debt at some point. We all know that taxes are scheduled to go up in the future. How much could they go up? 
is the real question. So a lot of us could be in a higher tax bracket down the road, which is reason number three. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is expiring. It's expiring in 2026. So if you remember, a couple years back in 2017, taxes went down a little bit. If you were in the 25% tax bracket, right now that's the 22% bracket. If you're in the 28, right now that's the 24. So taxes went down and the standard deduction doubled, which doesn't help everybody, but in retirement, especially when you don't have a lot to itemize, that standard deduction going up did help quite a bit of people in, in that were in retirement already. But that ends in 2026. So we all have to realize myself, Tony, everybody in the in the country is going to be in a higher tax bracket as long as you have the same income coming in now than, than what you are right now, right? So what can you do about that today? That's going to make a big difference down the road, and that's where you want to start talking about tax strategies, income plans, those kind of things. And that's, a, I think, the tough point, Brad. I mean, we definitely, you know, really hope, and we're so grateful. I, I met a few new couples this week that mentioned how appreciative they are of the show and how long they've listened, and, and I'm so grateful when I think, I don't know how long it's been. I was talking to one of the old station managers at at, uh, at the radio station. It's probably been 10 or 12 years now, probably 12 or 14 maybe, and we're so grateful over the years that people have tuned in, and we, we certainly want to you know educate people. But some of these tax strategies, we are going to miss out on an opportunity, right? If you think about that 2017 Tax Cut and Jobs Act you brought up, Brad, that doubled the standard deduction, lowered the rates, but that's set to expire at the end of 2025. So that means January of 26, the rates are going back up. That standard deduction is going to cut in half, right? And what's more scary, if you look at our national debt, the last time in history was shortly after World War II where we had more debt than income as a country, and the top tax bracket was 94%. So if you made a dollar, you kept six cents. Now, I think when people hear that, it's really easy to say, well, that was just those really, you know, one percenters that uh, those really wealthy people, the median tax bracket that most of us are in was in the forties, right? And right now we're at 22. That's our median tax bracket, right? So it was about double what it is now. And I know we're going in this election year. We're going to hear all this grandstanding about, you know, no one that makes, you know, less than 400,000 is going to see their taxes go up, but that's just not true. Every unless you're in that very, very first low tax bracket, you know, everybody's tax rates are going up in January 26. But the great news is, depending on your situation, there's likely some things that you can do about it. But we have 23, 24 and 2025 to do that. And 23 is wrapping up quickly. Once that's gone, it's gone. We can't go back and take advantage of that. And I don't know about you, Brad, but I can just see the media headlines now. The ultra in 2026, right? The the wealthy took advantage of the low tax rates. But reality is all of us everyday Americans can do that as well. But we are going to miss out on another opportunity once this year ends. You know, and, and I, I had a client, Tony, this week, uh, a family. It was a, a great appointment. We were able to look at some tax strategies. If they utilize those strategies over the next couple of years while taxes are low, it meant the difference of having, you know, $100,000, dollars extra left over at, uh, at the end. And the real question would just be, okay, what could you do in retirement with an extra one dollars or $200,000? That could mean a couple more trips, right? That could mean taking the family on a trip. I mean, whatever it is for you, whatever your goals are, if you can pay taxes on your terms today versus what you're going to have to pay in the future, 
you win in that scenario, right? So it's worth taking a look at. Now, no, we're not telling everybody on the radio here to go out and start converting your raw tomorrow. You want to sit down with somebody to make sure it makes sense in your particular scenario. Every scenario is going to be a little bit different. And that's why every retirement plan has to be a little bit different, right? It has to be a holistic approach. You have to look at all areas to make sure it works in your scenario. And you bring up a great point, Brad, controlling when and how you pay taxes. That's one of the big tricks of the ultra wealthy, but it's something that all of us can do, but it takes some planning. It takes uh, taking advantage of these lower rates right now and really understanding that if we can pay less taxes, that's more money in your accounts, which means your money lasts longer. But we're talking taxes this week, Brad, and and I think so many people, you know, that we meet do such a great job saving and they enter retirement with their balances and they just haven't really thought about the tax impact of those different accounts. And the next topic that, that's kind of tough to think about when it comes to taxes is Social Security. And I get it. It's confusing. A lot of people say, well, what, what do you mean it's taxable or could be taxable? It was a tax, wasn't it? It came out of my paycheck. And it can be very confusing, but it's really important to consider the tax consequences of Social Security. And it might be old news for some, but the, it's usually a jaw dropper for many people who just hung up the work boots. They're they're retired now. They're They're trying to figure everything out. But a chunk of your social security benefits could end up in the government's pocket. You know, and a lot of people say, hold on, not, not everyone gets dinged, but per the folks of the social security administration, over half, 56% to be precise, uh, end up paying. And, and here's the kicker. As much as 85% of your benefits might be uh, on the tax chopping block, if you will. So let's just unpack that a little bit. If, if you're filing taxes as an individual earning uh, $50,000 per year and collecting a consistent $1,500 from Social Security every month, you're looking at an annual Social Security income of $18,000. So here's the curveball. Based on the nature of your additional income outside of Social Security, up to 85% of those benefits or $15,300 could be taxable. Let that sink in for just a second there's an additional 50,000. Where, where is that additional 50,000 coming from? If it's sourced from a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k, not a Roth, but traditional money, you just need to brace yourself because your social security could uh, significantly uh, be affected by taxes. So that's, that's just an area where a lot of people don't think about that. And I mentioned earlier in the show, you know, in the in the first stage of retirement, I, there, there's what's what I call a, a sweet spot in retirement, right? If you retire at, let's just say 65, from 65 to 73, when you have to start taking those required minimum distributions, that is literally the sweet spot of retirement, meaning you can kind of control your tax bracket at that point. You can decide where do I want to draw from? When do I want to take Social Security? You know, and, and, and that's going to affect your tax bracket. And, and generally speaking, you're going to be in a pretty low tax bracket in that early stage of retirement. But if you don't do it right, if you don't start drawing from the right places at the right times early in retirement, now you're hit with this big tax bill in your 70s because of those required minimum distributions. Because remember, Social Security is taxed more. The other income that you have goes up. So RMDs are income, you know, and depending on how much you have saved in tax deferred accounts, that could be a pretty hefty number in your 70s. So your other income could go up drastically and then 85% of your Social Security would be taxable at that point. So 
you just have to, again, you have to look into the future a little bit. And this is a lot what we do in our office when we're planning for a retirement. We're trying to look at not just today, not what is your tax bracket today. That's important. But what is your tax bracket going to be down the road? Because now is the time in that sweet spot to make the adjustments and and force yourself maybe to pay a little bit more in taxes today at a lower tax rate so you can keep your tax bracket lower for the rest of your life. And that's important. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your retirement ready roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now back to the podcast. And that's what we're really looking at when it comes to tax plans. A great point, Brad, because I, I think sometimes people hear tax planning and are like, "No, I, I got I have a great CPA that does my tax returns each year," and and it's not his or her fault. They're being hired to look backwards for a year and do your taxes and try to pay as little as you can for that year that's already passed. What we're talking about is if we fast forward twenty or thirty years. What's the total tax bill that we paid over those decades, and is there a way to make that number lower and and cause less of the Social Security to be taxed so you get to keep more of it, right? That's really the name of the game and the challenge that we're we're kind of facing and and trying to solve. And Brad, I I know it's a little bit off topic, but I'm hoping you can take a moment to talk about this because I I think it's a question that's on a lot of people's minds. And I don't know if people realize, but we do something a little bit different here at the firm. On Fridays, we don't have any client appointments and we meet as an advising team for about eight hours. It's a long day. Um, we usually do a group training for about an hour, hour and a half in the morning. And then we spend the rest of the day, we're going to look at Monday through Thursday of the appointments that we had with clients or new families. And we're going to talk about some ideas and share with each other. So you get this mind meld of, you know, all these different brains working on all the problems. And then we spend the afternoon looking at our coming appointments for the next four days, talking about what opportunities there are to make a plan better, or if it's a new family, how we can assist them and we kind of have all fallen into our own little areas of expertise um, I, I really love the taxes Brad I know you're strong on taxes too but Brad you, you're also really strong on social security and, and I think a lot of people are opening their statements today and they're seeing the, the this you know sentence or paragraph that's saying hey by this year that we're not going to be able to fund our obligations so some people are saying well I'll just take it at 62 I know I have a 25% reduction, but it might as well grab it now before it's out of money, right? So so what's your kind of opinion on that, and what are you talking to people about when it comes to that Social Security fund? Yeah, it's a great question. So I, I tend to look at Social Security and the timing of Social Security as a tax strategy, right? You kind of intertwine those two together. Social Security is is money you've poured in, into that account over the, the lifetime that you've been working, right? That money's come from your payroll taxes every single year, so you've been paying into it. And you want to try to get the most out of it that you can as well, um, as far as it not being here in the future. So th- that is the case. You can read that paragraph. You can v- get very nervous about it and, and take it right away. Now, that's if they do nothing about it. Right. I, I, there's going to have to be a time in the future where somebody in Congress or, you know, some politicians going to have to address Social Security and, and fixing the problem. And there are solutions. Right. I mean, there's solutions to 
uh, what you can do to extend that money going forward. We've seen some of those solutions play out. It used to be 65 was somebody's full retirement age for Social Security, but then it started to go up a little bit. Full retirement age became 66. Then it was 66 in two months, seven months, 10 months. Now it's 67. You know, they could easily just say, okay, people are working longer. They're living longer. Let's make the full retirement age 70 years old so people don't take it as early. That'll extend and, and add more money to the bucket as time goes on. Or you could look at the payroll taxes for Social Security. Now, nobody likes this one, right? But the first 140, about 140,000 that you make in the year is taxable for Social Security on your payroll taxes. They could just say the first 400,000 you make in the year is going to be taxed for Social Security on payroll. And that would add a lot of money to that bucket as well. So I'm not saying that's going to happen, but those are some quick fixes that could extend that money for a while. So to me, the, the decision shouldn't be based on is it going to be here or not. Somebody's going to have to address that in the future. It's how does it work in the portfolio as a whole that's going to make the biggest difference long term. And again, you have to look at it as a possible tax strategy. Instead of turning Social Security on right away, it goes up every year you don't take it. It might be way better for you in your situation to start drawing from your 401k or a traditional IRA early in retirement because you're in the lowest tax bracket of your life at that point versus the tax bracket that you might be in in your 70s like we were talking about earlier. So, again, you know, Social Security, we, we spend a long time talking about Social Security in some of these classes and appointments. It has to be just as important as your IRAs and where you draw from in retirement and it has to fit in the holistic plan. That's great advice, Brad, and I think it's really important. Um, and I think people just need to think about this as an active part of the plan because it really is critical. And that's why planning is so important, right? So many people we meet with, I just met with a couple earlier uh, this week, and great couple, conservative spenders, great savers, right? And, and they really had the impression, they hadn't a portfolio, so they thought they had a plan, but they hadn't had no idea what their income was coming from, what they were going to do for healthcare, family planning, tax reduction strategies, right? And, and we created a plan for them, Brad, their bank accounts have gotten a little bit hefty, just because they were conservative spenders, and they were a little worried about the economy. So we can take money out of those banks with nearly no taxation, Right. So for them, we're going to use in the early years of retirement, we're going to use some of those funds. That's going to allow us to do some larger Roth conversions and still stay in some pretty low tax brackets. They're going to get to a point in retirement where their income tax is zero, right? Where they're taking everything from sources that are growing tax free, coming out tax free and passing on to loved ones tax free. And boy, you know, a tax zero environment, that is an amazing tax free, amazing spot to be. Great topic though, Brad. We're talking about different sources of income in retirement. And, and I think sometimes a hard reality when people get to this kind of amazing chapter of life is realizing that these different sources of money and income are taxed very differently. Not having a plan can really cost you. I had a couple I met with not too long ago. We simply initially just adjusted the order in which they were taking money out of their accounts, added nine years to the longevity of their portfolio. So it really makes a difference. And, and you know, you have to think about that income in retirement. So let, let's shift gears and talk about tax implications when you're juggling employment income alongside retirement. Now, I know what you're thinking. Isn't employment income taxation pretty straightforward? Well, it might seem like it should be, but it has some wrinkles when mixed with retirement and collecting Social Security benefits. So imagine this, you're not quite at that full retirement age yet, 
but you've got some money coming in from a job, say more than $21,240 for 2023, and here's where the water starts to get a little bit murky. While you're earning, there's a catch tied to your Social Security benefits. And no, it's not a direct tax, but it can hurt just as much, if not more. Because once you cross that $21,240 in earnings, you're likely going to see some of those anticipated Social Security dollars slip away. In fact, the Social Security Administration will deduct $1 from your benefit for every $2 you earn above that annual limit. This deduction is reduced and ultimately disappears the year you reach your full retirement age. But before then, it can really be a sneaky backdoor deduction that many don't see coming. But it's vital to be aware of that, especially when planning your finances in those kind of hybrid working years if you're thinking about turning on Social Security before your employment has fully ended. And and I know that catches a lot of people. Now, the ne- next type of account I want to talk about a little bit, Brad, is one of our favorites, right? It's the Roth IRA. Why is it our favorite? It grows tax-free. Tax I love it. I love it. <laughs> You know, and I often make the mistake of uh, just assuming that everybody knows how Roth works. And that's not necessarily the case because a Roth is pretty new, right, in comparison to having traditional accounts and those things. So let me just take a step back. So a Roth, Roth IRA or Roth 401k is, is money that you put into the account and you pay the taxes up front, right? So you're paying the taxes today on that money. But any growth that you have going forward or anything you take out in the future is all tax-free. That's the real benefit, tax-free. You're not tax-free completely. You're paying the taxes when it goes in. But the growth of that account, especially if you started early and you have a lot of growth going forward, is all tax-free. The hard part about a Roth is once you get to retirement, you cannot contribute to a Roth anymore. You have to have earned income coming in in order to put money into a Roth IRA. Now, while you're working, you can contribute to a Roth as long as you stay under the the earning limits for the Roth contributions, but you're pretty limited on what you can put in per year into those accounts. So most people that I meet, they don't have a lot of money in Roth IRAs because they didn't have the opportunity. Maybe they earned too much or it was just a smaller account that they could put money into every single year. There's a lot of options nowadays for 401ks that have Roth options. In the 401k, you can put a lot more into that. Uh, if you're over 50, about $26,000 per year, you can put into that account. Um, so you have more options today than what people had 10, 15 years ago. The benefit of a Roth IRA for retirement is that you do not have any required minimum distributions on that money at 73. There are no RMDs because you've already paid the taxes when that money went in. That's the real benefit. That's why so many people are trying to do Roth conversions because if you know the the RMD at 73 is based on how much you have in your IRA. Right. It's a percentage that they make you take out every single year of the amount you have in traditional IRAs, 401ks, those types of accounts. So if you can get those accounts out into a Roth, you're going to lower how much they're making you take out every year. And if you remember from earlier in the show, that would also decrease your Social Security taxes in the future. So keeping yourself in a lower tax bracket for a longer period of time. You know, Tony, too, a lot of people that I meet, they have the goal of leaving money behind to their beneficiaries, whether it's kids, grandkids, whoever it might be. And I would just say, I'll say it to everybody on the radio here, if all of your money is in 401ks and IRAs, that's the worst place to have the money to go to beneficiaries. 
because they have to pay taxes on it now, and they only have 10 years to take it out once you pass away. But if you can get more money into a Roth by either converting or contributing, all of that money goes tax-free to your kids or whoever your beneficiaries are as well. So it not only helps the the couple or the person in retirement, it not only helps the remaining spouse after one spouse passes away with the widow's tax, but it also helps for the beneficiaries, contingent kids, those things in the future. That's why it's such a uh, a great strategy. I think maybe the most important part, Brad, that you just said is that these pieces all kind of connect together, right? It's not one particular part or strategy. It's how do all of these things really work together? And when you put together a comprehensive plan, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's one of the favorite things about what you and I get to do is that moment where people kind of get it, the light bulb turns on and you get to experience that with them and kind of across this retirement bridge with them. And it's such a unique experience. It makes me really grateful and appreciative that I do what I do for a living because people do really enter retirement confused, maybe feeling not quite set and being able to have that experience with them is so important. Yeah. And, and nervous. A lot of people are just nervous, right? right? I mean, you're, you're going into a season of your life where you're used for the last 40 years, having a paycheck every single month, whether it's twice a month, once a month, whatever it is. And now you don't. And now you have to figure out how to draw money out of accounts. Number one, people have told you not to touch your whole life, but accounts that you're going to watch kind of decrease, especially in a world where the market might be going down that particular year. So especially the last couple of years, it's been a little bit more difficult for people to make the decision to retire. But what I can tell you is that if you put a plan together ahead of time, if you're a year out, if you're a couple of weeks out from retirement, uh, putting that plan together ahead of time to show you you do have enough today to last the rest of your life. I can't tell you how much peace of mind you feel in our offices on a weekly basis. You, you just see that that their shoulders just go down a little bit, right? They're not feeling that heavy load anymore on their back of, am I going to have enough money? Am I going to be okay? And it is my favorite part of the job is to show people that, you are going to be okay. Here is a action step process of what you should be doing to make sure you're going to be okay and to make sure that that doesn't change because of market downturns or those kind of things. But it is such a great opportunity for me over these last you know decade or so and just seeing people be able to, to retire and enjoy retirement. I love meeting clients who retired you know, eight years ago and, and they're still living their best life right now, right? They're traveling. They're telling me about going to Disney with the kids and the grandkids. And, you know, it's just so good to see all these clients that we've been working with for years and who were nervous eight years ago, just like people are nervous today and they're living their best life right now. And it's, it's just, it's really awesome to see. That is great to see. It really is. And, and I think just understanding these taxes we're talking about is important. We've covered the more common retirement income sources that so many folks encounter. But let's just take a brief moment to talk about the less common income sources. Some people still have pensions. Retirees with pensions face a choice, you know, long litany of options. You can take lifetime income, lump sum, all types of vari variations. They have distinct implications. Understanding these can be really important. We have a great strategy we call a pension maximization strategy that's important to look at in that scenario. And then some people have capital gains. So if you have investments outside of IRAs and other retirement accounts, 
Understanding the tax implications of capital gains is important. Strategies around tax deferral leveraging lower tax rates can be beneficial. And there's also a great step up and basis feature for inheritance. So you really want to understand these capital gains that can range anywhere from zero to 23.8% currently. And then you have dividends. Qualified dividends enjoy a lower tax rate, which can significantly benefit retirees and dividend-yielding investments. And then, of course, you have the muni bonds, and that's that's income from municipal bonds. It's generally exempt from federal taxes. However, if the bonds are from another state, there might be some tax implications on a state level. So it's important to approach that as you can. And I think, Brad, when it, when it comes to it, it's really about long-term tax planning. That's really what's most important. Right. Kind of wrapping everything up for the day. I mean, I, I, it's good for us to tap, tackle a topic that's often uh, splashed across the headlines and debated heatedly. The notion that the wealthy aren't paying their fair share of taxes. Now, if there's any truth to this, it's vital to understand one thing. It's less about them sidestepping the law and more about them carefully navigating the tax code that Congress lays out. Given our discussions today about all the different ways that uh, all the different income sources and how they're taxed, I mean, it's evident now how this can happen. You know, as as we've seen over the, the, the last couple of years, there's a vast difference in how various income sources are taxed or not taxed, which offers a potential uh, for for savvy tax strategies that can legally make uh, significant differences later on. So it's how does everything else tie in with that that's going to make your retirement successful? Really important to think about that. And of course, we're happy to help. If you don't have a comprehensive plan, that's a complimentary process with us. Or maybe you just want a second set of eyes on your plan and make sure you're taking advantage of all these tax savings opportunities. Probably the number one thing we see missing when we give that complimentary review, people just haven't planned for the taxes and they don't have any tax reduction strategies. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Show. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your Retirement Ready Roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Drake & Associates LLC is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services offered through Drake & Associates LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Drake & Associates LLC is not permitted to offer. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Drake & Associates LLC.